Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Man, is it hot out. Eric, I'm going to say that right now may not be the best time to take your dog for a walk. Wait till the evening. Or if you have maybe already done it early in the morning. Yeah. It's hot. It is toasty out there. Yeah, we're supposed to have record highs today of around 89 degrees. Did we beat the record? I I don't think we've beat the record just yet, but uh, I'll I'll have to check on that. Mm. I'll get back to you. Well, a beautiful day. Too hot for my blood, but nonetheless, beautiful and sunny looking at downtown Seattle right now from our booth in Bellevue. And I can see the beautiful Olympic Mountains in the background. Such a pretty city. And... um, we haven't yeah. seen those in a while. It's been <laughs> we've had a cloud cover yeah. just over the Olympics for some time. Yeah, but, uh, pretty sight. Yeah, Eric, have you seen Downton Abbey? You know, I haven't actually watched it, but uh, mm. I've heard good things. Mm-hmm. Well, we just started it um, like a month ago, and we're now through the first two seasons, catching up because the new season. Season four, I guess, starts in January. Have you been binge watching on Netflix or pretty much one of those services? Well, just DVDs. Ah. We have the DVDs, so mm. we're like, you know, we had a marathon, and then Darcy was out of town for like ten days, so it was off limits. So I had to wait. Uh, I think the day before she left, we watched like four episodes in a row. I did the same thing with Breaking Bad. Like one Sunday, I just fell down a Breaking Bad hole <laughs> and watched like six hours. Oh, it's, yeah. It was insane. Yeah, <laughs> and it goes by like nothing. It's amazing. Exactly, yeah. What I find to be funny is how we, well, I and other people, I assume, react so strongly to television, you know, to fictional. Fictional characters. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of an interesting phenomenon because I was already um, not pleased with one of the characters, Thomas, who's one of the footmen and, you know, I won't give anything away. But um, he, in at the end of the second season, I already didn't like him, but he messed with the dog. Oh, you don't mess with the dog on <laughs> Julie's watch, that's for sure. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was mad about it, too. I was like, don't you dare, Thomas. I know what you're going to do. And he did. And it's a good thing that he is a fictional character. Right. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's so funny. But it's so funny how we get like, like I was pissed. Didn't actually happen. Right. But I don't know. It's funny. There is a dog, though, in the, you know, who's sort of in and out throughout the thing. The One of the main characters has a dog, or the family has a dog. What type of dog is it? A yellow lab. Okay. A little female. Her name is Isis. And it's interesting that they used a different lab to start. And the lab, I think, that they used in the, at the beginning of, if actually, you know, the, I don't know what it's called, but when a show starts and it runs sort of a pre-roll or something with the theme music. Oh, yeah. Like the, a li- so the intro to the show, yes. basically, yeah. So it starts with the hind end of a yellow lab, like walking slowly along, like on the property. Mm-hmm. It's like brilliant. 
I was such, I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely already a fan. <laughs> I'm sucked into this. <laughs> yeah. But they changed dogs. It was interesting that first the dog was like super mellow and all they had the dog do was walk sort of silently next to the man as he was coming down the stairs and lay next to him quietly. And, he, you know, it's like this. And then something shifted and all of a sudden the the same dog supposedly was bouncy and a little un, even a little unruly maybe they switched his diet he was he had he was eating kibble they started they feeding the dog natural it. pet they had pantry Purina and they switched to the natural oh. pet pantry and now he feels like a puppy again see eric you are an expert <laughs> <laughs> only because i've been listening to this show for oh that's funny that is several funny several years now clearly i can't believe i overlooked this Likely, actually, um, processed food didn't exist back then. Well, it did for humans. So maybe they were giving them cans of whatever, you know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> rations from the war. In any case, yeah. <laughs> well, it is, we are officially addicted to Downton Abbey, and um, I hope that Thomas and or anyone else does not try to mess with the dog again because I will be very mad. Just keep telling yourself. It it's, is not, it's not real. real. It's not really it's happening. It's not real. Um, I was about to rip someone's throat out just before the show because there was a dog sitting in direct sun in a car on, on this 85 degree day. But uh, she came out. I waited for her. She came out just to make sure that someone was coming back. And she came out with... Um, like a pickup order, so she had run in to grab her takeout. Right. Oh, I was ready, though. <laughs> I was ready. I'm on a rampage She was about today. to get an earful. She was. She was. The dog was like, I heard this barking, and I look over, and it's like, you know, she's got the windows down, but that doesn't matter. The air is hot outside also. So, anyway. Oh, well. Hey, we are um, halfway through the show. I'm going to be talking with Spencer Quinn who is a New York Times bestselling author of the Chet and Bernie series uh, mystery novels about a detective and his sidekick partner, who is a dog. And uh, the book is told through the perspective, is narrated by the dog. It's always interesting to um, read books or to sort of uh, read the writing of authors who write through the dog's perspective because it it's obviously completely open to interpretation. So I've interviewed John Katz, who wrote a very, I think, pr probably one of the most realistic um, versions of that, where he wrote a book called Rose in a Storm, um, Art of Racing in the Rain. I have not interviewed that author he's local actually i should garth stein that's a great book let's get him in here yeah uh that book's been out for a while and um, was all the buzz when it came out and that's told by the dog's perspective and and it can really range from like hmm, i mean as someone who works with training and behavior like yeah i don't know about this or it can be sort of interesting and creative and this Are guy, you like, a dog wouldn't really say that. Well, I think I'm a little too <laughs> too critical maybe, but but I you know, I also have perspective I can take it for what it is. He's not trying to it, it is solve fiction. behavioral problems, right? It's just for entertainment. But it's just interesting to kind of see like 
certain things that he'll frame in a, in a way and I'll be like, oh, that's, you know, it's just kind of the creative aspect of it. That's fun. So anyway, I'm going to be interviewing him um, on the second half of the show today. And we have a few copies of his latest book that's just come out called The Sound and the Furry. It's the sixth book of his Chet and Bernie series. Um, so that's exciting. We have some giveaways. So stay tuned so that you can learn how to get yourself a free copy of that book. And before that, um, since I've already covered Downton Abbey, um, we have some events coming up. I actually just got, as I was walking right before I saw the dog in the hot car today, I saw pumpkins outside of the grocery store. And I was rather shocked because it is 85 degrees out today, but it is, I guess, getting to be that time. And then I looked at my email and I got an announcement about Doggoween, which is coming up. Um, it's an event put on by the Citizens for Off-Leash Areas. Doggoween event is only 30 days away. It is October 26th. I don't know how that's 30 days away, but um, October 26th is the event and it's held... I believe at Genesee Park, although I don't have the details for that, but I will give you that when we get closer to the event. Um, in Seattle, South Seattle is where it's typically held, and it's just a whole bunch of people and dogs in their costumes and all that fun stuff. The Vashon Sheepdog Trials. I talked with Maggie McClure, who's the coordinator last week, about the event. That is this weekend. Uh, we'll be going up on Friday. It's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all day, all weekend, on Vashon Island. The website is vashonsheepdogclassic.com. You can find out more about the event there and get directions and all that good stuff. It's such a fun event, such a beautiful way to spend your day, get out of the city. If you live in the city, get out of the city. Go to Vashon Island, go to Misty Isle Farm, sit on the hillside, and watch Border Collies work sheep. I mean, really. Looks like it's going to be great weather for it, too. Yes. Lovely. It's such a nice time of year. I mean, it was my birthday on Sunday. Do a I, do belated I look... happy birthday Thank to you. you. Thank you very much. 36 now. Getting Now I'm officially... You don't look a day over 35. <laughs> Thank you. I'm... Uh... Would you believe I'm... Three days over 35. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe it because you told me, and I trust you. Thank you, Eric. Um, so, A Help Project, I have been announcing some events for them. They have the Spirits in Transition seminar that's coming up this fall. Spiritsintransition.com is the website. Um, they've got, let's see, Wednesday, I think on Wednesdays they have some events going on. Wednesday, September 18th from 6.30 to 8 at Seattle Veterinary Specialists. It's a palliative care options um, sort of seminar with four providers speaking about the benefits in, in chronic and terminal illness for animals, um, including healing touch, acupressure, Reiki, animal communication, Tellington Tea Touch, Massage, Aromatherapy, and some information on flower essences. You can go to the website, ahelpproject.org, or email michelle at ahelpproject.org for more information about that and all of their other events, too. Just go to their website. You can also find them on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, The Dog Show has a Facebook page as well. 
course, it is The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. So become a fan if you're not already. Become a part of the conversation in between our live shows every Wednesday at 2. And as always, all of our shows are archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. And we're also a free podcast on iTunes. We're going to take a quick break. Have some more discussion in the next segment, and then halfway through the show, we'll be bringing on Spencer Quinn, who's a New York Times bestselling author, talking about his mystery series detective Bernie Little and his sidekick partner, Chet the Dog, uh, Chet and Bernie series. We'll be talking with him and giving away some free copies of the book, so stay tuned. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. You said the dog was here first. That's what you told me. You said the dog was here first. Yeah, yeah, you said the dog was here first. If you don't like it, you can leave. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, September 15th, it's the third Sunday of the month, and that means it's a Kevin and Kim Sunday. Always entertaining, Kevin McDonald and Kim Miller Medium and Animal Intuitive will host the show for me. They'll have open phone lines so Kim can help you connect with your animal and human loved ones on this side or the other. So plan to give her a call on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Hi, I'm Martha Childress with the Natural Choice Network. Join us every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite leaders from our sustainable community to share their unique visions and valuable insights. You'll learn great tools to make your life greener, healthier, and more sustainable for generations to come. Thank you for making the natural choice. That's the Natural Choice Network every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Please join us. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com Radio with no added hormones or preservatives. All natural alternative talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150. Or perhaps you're listening to iTunes or Blog Talk Radio for that reason. So many ways to listen. But we are on air air live here locally in Western Washington, Mm -hmm. as always. And you can catch the show streaming live from the station's website also 
1150kknw.com. That is correct. That is correct. Eric, you have something to report about the weather record? Uh, that's right. It looks like we, we set the record of uh, 87 degrees back in 2009, and it looks like we've already hit 88 uh, at SeaTac Airport today. So Ooh. at least some areas have already set uh, a record for temperatures today. Mm. And we're, we're still expecting it to warm up right now. Seattle around 82 should uh, be hitting uh, 88 uh, around 5. Yikes. So, yeah, so keep those uh, doggies in the shade, I guess. Yeah, not a good time to take your dog for a run. Right. <laughs> it will cool off, you know, this evening, though. So yes. Great time to yes. take them Wait in the Wait for evening. the sun to go down or do it before the sun comes up. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know if I I don't think I'm too high strung about this because of all of the reports that I've heard. Um, and, you know, I'm I think I'm hyper vigilant or vigilant anyway about it. But and I hear a lot of other people, especially in the industry, who we sort of complain to each other about how we see dogs running with their humans, you know, around this time, the hottest time of day and. You just see the dogs really like dragging and the tongues are hanging down to the ground and, you know, oh, that reminds me. <laughs> um, on my Facebook page, I should repost it. There was this ad. Um, if you just search for the dog show with Julie Forbes, you can go to our Facebook page. There was this really upsetting ad by a running company, hmm. uh, running shoes or whatever. And it had a, uh, you know, they're boasting how their running shoes are going to make you run so fast and so long. And it had a image of a guy, like, performing CPR on his dog laying on the ground, like, that it was, I don't know, unconscious. They ran so fast that the dog passed out. Yeah. Wow, that's something to be proud of, isn't it? What a tasteful ad by the company. Uh, a lot of my fellow colleagues in the industry, and I, not just people in the industry, but pet owners too, were not pleased about uh, just sort of like, I uh, I don't know. Let me that. just say this. I have yet to see a tasteful Facebook ad. <laughs> this was not a Facebook ad. Oh, okay. I was going to say. This was a full ad campaign out of, like, magazines and stuff. Oh, okay. But yeah. I posted the link on our Facebook page, and I posted also a link to my comment to the running company's Facebook mm. page and their response to me, which was just as disappointing as the ad itself. Mm. So it's just like, I don't know. Why would you depict that in a boastful way? Because for me... If my dog was in some sort of health distress like that, that would not be, I don't know, just rubbed me the wrong way. Surprising, well, I know. There does seem to be a, a lot of commercials, uh, specifically TV commercials, that are, if you use our product, this terrible thing will happen to you. And it's an exaggerated terrible thing. But I always think, why would they want you to associate their product with something terrible happening? I I don't get that, but that seems to be a, a popular uh, advertising strategy in the world these days. It's weird. It is weird, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of weird psychology that goes on in, in advertising. Exactly. So it's an interesting But not on this beast. show. No. Our ads are direct and talk about products and companies that we believe in. Here's the thing. The partners of the dog show are, par are companies with integrity. 
Yes. And carefully selected. Yes, hand-picked, actually. And we have, uh, oh, we have some new partners starting this October, just in a few weeks. Access, Animal Critical Care and Emergency Services. Actually going to be talking with them, I think, next week. Uh, They are celebrating their 10-year anniversary, and they are the first emergency vet in Western Washington. And they have been around for 10 years. I was shocked to find that out, that it's really only been, I mean, that I was here 13 years ago, and that when I got here, there wasn't an you know emergency critical care service like that in Western Washington. I can't imagine that. They now have two locations and all sorts of uh, specialists that they host. They have an oncology unit now, and they also run the blood bank. So you can actually you can have your dog give blood to help other doggies in need. Um, Animal Critical Care and Emergency Services. We'll be talking with them next week. And then also New Chapter Weddings and Events is a new partner of the show as well. Um, Jenny Harding and New Chapter Weddings planned our wedding, which is almost a year ago now, and it was amazing. Best day of my life. Um, And so we'll be having her on, I'm sure, at some point for a segment to talk about in her experience, what are some of the fun ways that she's seen dogs participate in weddings? Because I know he had a couple dogs at ours, and I'm sure a lot of people do. So that's fun, too. And then, of course, the Natural Pet Pantry, since the get-go, has been a partner of the show. We do have uh, partnership spaces. So if you think that your company business service would be a good fit for the dog show... Uh, I'd love to talk with you. Give me an email at host at dogradioshow.com or you can call me 206-372-7399. I can give you some more information about all that's involved with that. You can reach the most intelligent audience in the country, says me. Something um, that I notice with my training business which is called Sensitive Dog, and the website is sensitivedog.com, is that I've been, well, I've been doing training for thirteen about 13 years now full-time, and I've had my business for about 10 or 11 doing in-home private lessons. And I noticed that there's sort of common themes, like I'll go through, uh, I kind of have like certain types of dogs that will kind of come and go in phases, like mm-hmm. I'll be working with like, leash reactivity and I'll have, you know, five different dogs within a week or two that all have a similar challenge Um, or sort of a theme in the conversations that I have with the people who I'm working with and who live with these dogs, because as everyone knows, working with dogs is as much working with people as it is working with dogs. And that's one of the things that I love so much about what I do. Um, One of the things, though, that I thought I'd mention is I've had this come up now over, I mean, regularly over time, but in working dogs through a situation where they are uncomfortable, for example, I just worked recently with a little um, Shiba Inu puppy. Uh, Adorable little dogs. Tough little dogs. Adorable, though. She's like eight weeks old. So cute. Um And they live in a high-rise condo downtown Seattle. And she didn't want to get into the elevator. She'd never seen an elevator before. She didn't want to get into the elevator, you know, so she would kind of balk, like hit the brakes and refuse to walk. And 
what they would do is just pick her up and, you know, carry her down or whatever. And then they were like, well, so we want to work on that. And then so then when I was there, they're like, so what should we do? So I was like, "Okay, well, let's go out to the elevator. Sure enough, the doors open. And she's like, I don't think so. I'm not going in there. And they were like, "Okay, so should we like, you know, pull? And they kind of started to like pull on the leash. It was like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. And this applies to other things, too, like dogs that won't walk on grates or are might be afraid of stairs for the first time or whatever, is it's so important to give the dog time to overcome, assuming it's a reasonable thing to expect the dog to overcome, but to give the dog the time to overcome it on their own and not force them through it. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to have them come out on the other end with confidence. And then I remembered when I was the MC for the Puget Sound Dock Dogs event at Bite of Seattle a couple months ago or six weeks ago or so. That was so fun. Um, how they, you know, there were some first time jumpers at that event, you know, some dogs who had never done it before. And um, people said, um, one of the things that I said is, and Something to note to the crowd is that the dogs are never forced, you know, they're never pushed off the end of the dock. So same kind of thing. The dog kind of goes up to the end and they're like, ooh, I don't know about this. And they're just encouraged, 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 however many repetitions it takes until they do it. And then when they do it, they're, you know, just cheered and and celebrated and all that stuff. But like with this little Sheba puppy, she only needed like five seconds Where she was like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And then finally she was like, okay, fine. And then she walked into the elevator on her own and then, you know, was praised and celebrated and all that stuff. And then she did it again and again and again, as opposed to just dragging, dragging, dragging. So if if you have a dog who is sort of in that situation, bring them, you know, up to the whatever the, the line is that they're afraid to cross. And you can put pressure on them by not letting them bail out. So you kind of make them stay in it, but you don't force them further than that. You got to let them take it further on their own because um, it's the probably the worst thing that you could do is just force it. They've got to have a positive association with the thing in the end. Well, and to kind of do it in a way that where they feel like they're in control of the choice and, and in, in doing so that has them come out on the other side more confident and then it makes it easier and easier to do, you know, again and again in the future or do other things as well, as opposed to just forcing it. And then they're just going to, like you said, potentially have a negative association the next time they come back. So, all right. When we come back, we'll be talking with Spencer Quinn, New York Times bestselling author, his new book, The Sound and the Furry, his sixth installment in the Chet and Bernie mystery series. And we have some books to give away. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Do you have an injury, old or new, that won't heal? Are you fighting a cold or illness you can't kick? Do you feel like you've tried everything and are still struggling to find wellness and balance in your physical health? Have you been unimpressed with acupuncture in the past? For over a decade, Robert Meduzia has been making a difference for people who thought they had exhausted their options. Don't settle for pain and illness. Call 425-828-6190. 
That's 425-828-6190. Again, 425-828-6190. The Acupuncture and Sports Clinic of Kirkland. Heal faster, play longer. Hi, I'm Pat Pauly. Tune into my show, Get Active, each Tuesday at 12 noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about one of the wonderful activities in the Puget Sound region, ones that you may want to participate in. We'll focus on how adult beginners can comfortably get into all of these activities. You'll learn a lot about how you can get active. Be sure to listen. That's Get Active with me, Pat Pauly, at 12 noon each Tuesday on Alternative Talk. 1150. Want a faster metabolism? Desperate for more energy throughout the day? Food is our most powerful medicine, and on Passionate Nutrition Radio, I'll answer your burning nutrition questions and offer real solutions for your family. On Passionate Nutrition Radio, you'll learn how to transform how you look and feel with the foods that you eat. My name is Jennifer Adler, and I'm a nutritionist, chef, and founder of Passionate Nutrition, a nutrition practice with six locations throughout the greater Puget Sound area. Join me on Passionate Nutrition Radio for a weekly serving of nutrition wisdom. Learn more at PassionateNutrition.com. That's Passionate Nutrition every Friday at noon. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's Dog Behavior. Behavior Training and Nutrition Specialist, www.sensitivedog.com. News, traffic, and weather? Now you can get your information fixed weekdays on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And we're back with Spencer Quinn, New York Times bestselling author of his Chet and Bernie mystery series, talking about his new book that just came out yesterday called The Sound and the Furry. Spencer Quinn, welcome to The Dog Show. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for having me. Now, you this is your sixth in this series, correct? This is the sixth in the series, but really the first time that Chet and Bernie leave the West and come they come to Louisiana for a case and that explains the title. It's a it's the first southern novel in the series. I see. Um, you know, my father actually is a fan of your books. He's read, I think, half of the series. Um, and I remembered actually after we scheduled this interview, I was like, wait a minute. I think this was the these are the books that my dad was telling me about. And he wanted me to tell you that he's a huge fan. and He thinks your books are awesome. Well, thank you very much. And thank him very much. That's very, very nice to hear. I will. He's a dog lover, um, as I am and as are the rest of my family. Now you are uh you write these books in in a way that has the dog Chet sort of narrate the story. Well, yes, that's the that's the key to it right there. Chet, okay, Bernie is the private detective. This these are classic private eye novels in the form going way back to Holmes and Watson where the sidekick tells the story in the first person. Now, let's leave you know aside for the moment the question of who the sidekick is. So Bernie is the detective, and Chet is his dog, and he tells the story in the first person, but he's not a talking dog. He's not, he's, he's not anthropomorphic. He's, he's as canine as I can make him. He, he's not a human wrapped in a dog suit like 
a lot of other right. dog narrators. Mm-hmm. He he can't talk. He can't. He's confined and also blessed to be you know within the dog framework. And and uh, I think if, if it does work, that's what makes it work. Yeah. And that's something that I've talked with other authors in the past, too. John Katz being one of them who wrote a book uh, through a dog's perspective. And he was um, sort of speaking to that value of his of really staying true to the dog as an animal and not making it too, uh, you know, not straying too much from that as far as his interpretation of, of how the dog might narrate it. And you definitely throw in... You know, I've only just started the book, um, but it's really I've sort of chuckled a few times already where I've where you've kind of thrown in a, a couple little remarks that the dog has made in his narration that definitely uh, show or portray that he, it is, in fact, a dog, not a human, where he's been confused about the use of certain words where yes. that are yeah. common in human expression but he was like I don't know why would somebody be talking about a cow right now I don't understand that but yes well any time any kind of you know an other animal is mentioned in a common human expression say a wild goose chase right I mean his ears prick up immediately I mean he's still he's heard of wild goose chases so often and he's still really waiting he wants he wants to be on one right right it's like, but that it's, sounds it's never fun. happened right right so yes I mean that's what you know that's the idea of it, but the I mean the engine that drives these stories is the love between Chet and Bernie, the love between the detective and and Bernie and Chet mm-hmm. um, and that's what really there these are all mysteries, and they you have dark moments and 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 things like that, but it the core of it is the feeling between the two of them and this is something you know something about in your personal life. Well, yeah, to the extent that, you know, I, I've had, if, if having is the expression, um, you know, I've had dogs, lots of them, and, you know, been, you know, felt very close to them. Uh, we have two right now. Audrey's a eight-year-old Bernese Golden Mix, who's a wonderful watchdog and never wants to come in the house, even on the coldest day. <laughs> and Pearl is a two-year-old Golden of the very, very white kind, mm-hmm. and so far, I'd say she's getting by on looks alone. No, <laughs> very cute. Well, it's a theme. You have your blog, which is uh, chetthedog dot com. I'll post a link to that on our, our home page as well. Um, so you have an ongoing blog there, and then of course your whole series. Now, before we forget, and I will say this again throughout the interview. But you're actually going to be in Seattle Monday the 16th at noon. And where will you be? Yes, Monday the 16th at noon. I'll be at the Seattle Mystery Bookshop. Seattle Mystery Bookshop. Yeah, which is a great store um, that I've dropped in before and actually bought books. And I'm just delighted, you know, that I'm going to be there. Yeah. So your book just came out yesterday, correct? It did. And it's called The Sound and the, the Furry. The Sound and the Furry. Yeah. Exactly. And Chet even, there's some remark even about that. Um, that some, Bernie says something in there. But what happens in this book is that, you know, Chet and they live in Arizona, but through the first five books, Chet doesn't know that. You, the reader, can kind of figure it out, but the word Arizona is is never used. In this book, um, in The Sound and the Furry, they take a case in Louisiana. What happens is they're in Arizona, they're driving down a, a road, and they see one of those 
prison work crews, you know, guys in orange jumpsuits. Yep. And they always slow down when they see, because there's a good chance they'll know somebody. Right. And yes, there's a perp that they put away, and he turns out to be from Louisiana. He's very worried about his brother who's disappeared. So they take a case in Louisiana, and and um, it involves stolen shrimp and the oil business and a bunch of things like that. Mm. But one- Chet also finds himself alone, kind of mano a mano with one of the you know famous and most feared kind of creatures that exists in the Louisiana swamps. Oh boy. Well, one of the things that you, in through your writing and through Chet's narration, the dog, um, one of the things that I, I really liked, my expertise is in training and behavior, so I'm quite tuned in to dogs' perspective and understanding, first, why they're doing what they're doing in order to come mm-hmm. up with a solution and then mm-hmm. work with the owner to, you know, configure that, um, was where he noticed the... Uh, how dilated I think the pupils of I don't remember which character it was, but somebody was approaching, and he he was um, narrating. Oh, and this person's eyes are. It was something about the quality of the the mm-hmm. wideness of the eyes and the the size of the hole or something like mm-hmm. that. And he was like, and that doesn't necessarily mean good things. So I'm going to pay attention, basically, and it's. Mm-hmm really speaks to all of those nonverbal, sort of obvious, but nonverbal subtleties that we so frequently forget about because we get so caught up in our words in our head. Oh, I think you're so, I mean, you could, that's one of the reasons Chet and Bernie form such a good team. I mean, you know, in mystery fiction, it's, you know, the plot, it's all about following a logical chain of clues, you know, till you it adds up to something. Well, Chet can't do that. And even if he could, you know, some important clue might be getting revealed, you know, and at that moment he sniffs a Cheeto under a couch, you know, and he's mm-hmm. not paying attention for the next little while. So actually he's sort of an unreliable narrator. But there are things he can do that are far, far beyond, you know, what Bernie or any other human detective can, you know, having to do with his sense of smell and his sense of hearing. Mm. And, I mean, he's he's absolutely flummoxed by the fact that, you know, Bernie's nose isn't small for a human nose, yet it seems incapable of doing anything useful. Right. Yeah, and we really can't comprehend what it is like to experience a dog's sense of smell. It's amazing. Right, exactly. I mean, when you when you hear talk of, you know, they're able to smell disease in humans, mm. and which is something I've actually used in this series a couple times, because yeah. it's, you know, it can intrude a dark note. A conversation can be happening, Bernie and some person who's very cheerful, and then Chet... You know, there's a remark of Chet's that, oh, he smells just like so-and-so who's in the hospital. Right, right, right. Yeah. Ooh. Um, So the Seattle Mystery Bookshop, which is where you're going to be this Monday, the 16th at noon... Um, yes, I'll do. It'll be like a probably a little talk, a signing, and also there's usually a pop quiz. I I do a little pop quiz, skill testing questions from the series, three or four, and prizes are given out. I think this year we have. Last year we had Chet and Bernie frisbees, and this year those proved a little dangerous to be winging them out into the audience. <laughs> so this year we have Chet and Bernie stress balls, which oh, you know nice. are harmless. Yes, yeah, softer if. if yes, if, I won't if, be if hitting hit any, <laughs> any readers in the head with these. Yeah. So the Seattle Mystery Bookshop. The website is seattlemystery.com, and it's on 117 Cherry Street in Seattle. 
and Spencer Quinn will be in Seattle uh, Monday, this Monday, the 16th at noon. We have a really fun event uh, the weekend prior. I don't know when you're coming in, but um, it's a sheepdog trial on Vashon Island, which is just west of the city. Oh, and that a, would be, no, I'm, I come in the night before. Yeah. But that would be wonderful. I'd, I love that kind of thing. So are you traveling all over the country right now for the book tour? Yeah. Yeah, I am. That's um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you meet readers from you know all over the country, and at some of these signings, it's okay. People bring their dogs. Um, some of them are in the so you know we um, sometimes the humane society or a shelter uh, is involved, and you know they get some of the proceeds, that type of thing. What's the what's the feedback that you t- commonly get as you're talking with um, fans of your books about the the narrative from the dog's perspective? Are there things that sort of typically strike people that you hear people commonly say or report to you? Uh, that's a great question. Over and over again, on Chet's Facebook page and on the blog and on Twitter, you hear, now after reading these books, I'm looking at my dog differently. Yeah. You know, what's going on in, in his or her mind. So, uh, yes, I hear that over and over. And, and the other thing is that um, I think the series is... People, I mean, to, to some people, it's it, it's there's something comforting about it too, and that's nice to hear. Mm. Well, um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to give away a few copies of your book. So stay tuned, get close to your phone. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, talk more with Spencer Quinn, who's the author of the Chet and Bernie mystery series, and his new book that just came out yesterday, The Sound and the Furry. We have a few copies to give away, so stay tuned, and I'll tell you how to win those. When we come back from break, you're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. We'll be busy. Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different proteins to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their Burien shop, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your home. Natural Pet Pantry will even work with your vet to custom blend a prescription diet for your pet's unique needs. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. Natural Pet Pantry. It just makes sense. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, September 15th, it's the third Sunday of the month, and that means it's a Kevin and Kim Sunday. Always entertaining, Kevin McDonald and Kim Miller Medium and Animal Intuitive will host the show for me. They'll have open phone lines so Kim can help you connect with your animal and human loved ones on this side or the other. So plan to give her a call on Martha Norwalk's Animal World Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Like what you hear? Be sure and support the sponsors who support your favorite programs on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Nasty dogs. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, back with Spencer Quinn, author of 
The Sound and the Furry, his new book that just came out yesterday. I assume this is available on Amazon and other fine retailers. I think it's pretty much, yes, both Everywhere. the online type and um, bookstores, hardcover. And yes, it's yeah. all across the country. Wonderful. Right. It's called The Sound and the Furry. Spencer Quinn is the author, and it's a sixth book in a whole series. So you can, there's more to read after you read this one and love it. You can go back and read the other ones, and they're not sequential, correct? So people can just pick up the new one. They don't have to have read the whole series. Excellent point. That's a question that Chet would never ask. You know, (laughs) what order they're in would never come up. I know I wrote them deliberately to be, they can be read in any order. Great. Yeah. Um, okay, we've got a few copies to give away, so give us a call right now, and we'll be sent to our uh, call screener, and we'll get your mailing information and send you out a free copy, 425-373-5527. That's 425-373-5527. We do have a few copies we'll give away to the first callers of uh, the newest installment in the Chet and Bernie series. Again, that phone number, 425-373-5527. And there they go. So we'll have some uh, lucky listeners get a copy of that book. Um, Now, you said before the break, I asked you if you get some kind of common feedback from your fans about the specifically about the, the books being told from the perspective of the dog and really being narrated by the dog. And you said that people often report that they really, it makes them look at their dog differently. And I Mm -hmm. think that is such, I so appreciate your contribution (laughs) to people and dogs and the dogs who live with them. And that's something that I hope I accomplish as well is to just kind of get people thinking oh, wow, what is it like to be really be my dog and to not just interact mm-hmm. with the dog as as a receptacle for affection? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for really, I am constantly coaching people in my training business to engage their dogs mentally, mm-hmm. engage their mind, engage their brain. Dogs want to work, but really understanding, well, what does that mean? How does a dog want to work you know, and understanding, well, what's fulfilling for that dog as an individual. But so many of the behavioral challenges that people have come from a result of the dogs not being mentally engaged at all in their Mm -hmm. life. And they're just essentially unemployed. Yes. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And one of the things Chet loves about his life is that he is employed. Yeah. He has a career and, um, you know, he and Bernie are partners, and 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 he has a career, and it it, it you know it makes him feel good. He, you know, it, it's you know, Chad. It, you know, these stories are not you know we, what we call in the mystery business cozies. You know, the dark things happen, and and Chad suffers from time to time. But what I've noticed is he comes back very quickly to his reset position, mm. which is one of feeling pretty good. Yeah. And I'm not like that myself, but. <laughs> Having sort of watched Chet, I'm kind of imitating him a little. It's crazy that a figment of your own imagination could cause you to change your own behavior, but it sort of happened. And I think that's another thing readers respond to, Mm. is Chet's resilience. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that we were talking about, I think, off the air is how present and in the moment dogs are. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you were saying that um, in a comment on the air, but it's, it's something that 
I think is very one of the reasons why dogs are so therapeutic for people just in, you know, living with dogs is and working with dogs, too, is that it really is an exercise in slowing down and being present and really paying attention to all of the details of the moment and listening well. And um, it's a really, really cool thing to see that sort of light bulb, so to speak, go on for people when they really do connect with their dog and that kind of uh, rubs off. I mean, I agree totally with you, Juliet. I, you know, I, I, okay, I'm not a scientist, but I suspect, just from what I've read, that, you know, we've, it's not just that dogs have evolved to sort of cooperate with us. I think we, too, have evolved to cooperate with them. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost like it's a team, almost in an evolutionary sense. And I think if we, that's why it's so rewarding when you really do, you know, get into a, you know, the kind of relationship you're talking about with a dog, mm. a pre- one that's, you know, where both parties are present. Mm. Well, we uh, we have some lucky uh, winners, Judy from Seattle, Shelley from Renton, and Robert from Massachusetts won copies of your book. So that's exciting. Great. Thank you so much for providing those for our listeners. My um, So Chet the Dog is your website, ChetTheDog.com. ChetTheDog.com is the blog. And then on Facebook, it's just uh, ChetTheDogFacebook.com. Okay. And uh, there are people often send in pictures of their dogs, and every month there's a a drawing for a winner, and that dog's displayed for the month, and and the winner gets a a signed and paw-printed copy of the latest book. Oh, nice. Very nice. Do you have breeds that are breeds that you're sort of partial to? You know... I used to, and now, I mean, Chet is not a, a breed. He's, mm. you know, a mixture, and he doesn't even know what he is. He just knows that he's a 100-plus pounder, yeah. and his ears don't match, yeah. you know, because someone has said so in front of him. Right. And so I really, no, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I always watch the Westminster Dog Show. I love it. Yeah. But I have plenty of room in my heart for, you know, dogs that wouldn't be in that show. Yeah. It's a it's a question that I can't answer. I maybe when I was younger I could have, but now it's like, oh no, there's no way. I, there's no way. I mean, and 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 mutts. I mean, I love mutts as much as I love pure breed dogs, and there's just no way to choose. Uh, we so, have four dogs, so we have quite the variety at home. But nice. Well, the smartest dog I ever had by far was a mutt. Yeah. You know, she she could tell. From our house, you can't. There's a trucks, you know, come around a corner. We're at the end, a dead end, and the UPS guy um, always would throw her a little biscuit, even if he wasn't delivering. And the FedEx guy never. Mm. Oh. She and I noticed from my the window of my office where I do my writing that she okay. I I wouldn't see or hear anything, and suddenly she'd run down to the road, and the and the UPS guy would come and he'd throw her a biscuit. And she wouldn't move if the and then the FedEx guy would come. She could tell from the sound yeah. of those trucks yeah. when they were sti- both invisible and I couldn't hear them. Yeah, and would only bother going down to the road for the UPS <laughs> one. So <I> know. <laughs> it's a smart delivery person that carries treats with them, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Well, uh, best of luck on your book tour and especially in your visit to beautiful Seattle. Have you been to Seattle before? Yes, I have, and I love it. I'm really looking forward to being there. Well, enjoy. He's going to be at the Seattle Mystery Bookshop this Monday the 16th at noon. Uh, Book signing and uh, pop quiz for prizes and uh, a great event if you're um, in the area and are a fan Come down and meet Spencer Quinn. He's the author of the Chet and Bernie series, mystery series, and his new book, The Sound and the Furry, has just come out yesterday, and you can get that pretty much anywhere books are sold. So check it out. And uh, my dad is a huge fan of your books, and he was super excited that I was interviewing you today. So he says hello. Say hi to him for me. I will. Well, um, have a great tour, and thanks so much for your time today. The pleasure was mine, Julie. Thanks All right. so much. Thanks. Bye. So um, we've got some announcements to, um, again, in addition to Spencer Quinn's appearance this Monday at noon at the Seattle Mystery Bookshop, which is on Cherry Street in Seattle. Uh, Vashon Sheepdog Trials this weekend. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all day. They have local food available, all sorts of vendors. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff going on with wool, which is cool. Um, You can even learn how to... Wool is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you make it into a sweater. And Maggie McClure said last week that you can learn how to make wool or yarn out of your pet hair. I'm going to go ahead and not do that, but you have fun. Christmas is around the corner, Eric. Um, Something that we could probably start an industry full-time with all of the dog hair in our house. That's right. (laughs) I could do the same thing with cat hair. So your cat hair, I would assert, would probably be softer. Maybe, but... It would be uh, crazy. Some people would not be able to wear it because they're allergic. Uh, I would be one of those people, probably, Mm. yeah. Well, um, Vashon Sheepdog Trials, VashonSheepdogClassic.com. Dr. Donna Kelleher has a um, talk coming up, and it's at the Academy of Canine Behavior up in Bothell. Um, It's Saturday, October 19th from 9 to noon, and it's being hosted by the Natural Pet Pantry. It's $40 to attend, and you can register. Call 206 248 one zero seven nine. I will definitely be at this. I'll be interviewing Dr. Kelleher uh, October 9th about her book, The Proof is in the Poodle. Um, Dr. Kelleher is local here in Western Washington. She's a holistic vet, a brilliant holistic vet. She really handles some of the toughest cases. And I'm really, really looking forward to her seminar on October 19th and to also interviewing her on the show on the 9th. We've got some great shows coming up um, in the books, uh, interviewing Access, one of our newest partners, next week, Animal Critical Care and Emergency Services. They also run the Blood Bank. It's their 10-year anniversary they are celebrating, and it'll be great to introduce Access to dog show fans and uh, also welcome them as a new partner and hear about all the wonderful things that they're doing and to have some of their specialists on the show ongoingly. Um, They have a huge focus on education in the community, which is wonderful. Um, And then after that, Natural Pet Pantry and then Chase Away Canine Cancer and then Dr. Donna Kelleher. We've got a great fall lineup um, coming up. Thanks so much to Spencer Quinn 
author of Sound and the Furry. Uh, If you missed any part of this episode, you can find it archived on our website, dogradioshow.com, and also as a free podcast on iTunes. We'll be back next Wednesday live from 2 to to 3 p.m. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.